Ladies and gentlemen, it's Thursday, and I am thirsty for the juice, yeah. thirsty for the no. information, thirsty for Anthony Schlegel to be back on the podcast daily. I'm Austin Ward. That is Schlegs. Hey, yes. we're, off and, we're off and going, buddy. It's great to see you. It's great. It's great to be seen. Um, big time, <laughs> big time week. Uh, super excited to be talking with you. All right, Schlegs, you are a fashion icon, and nobody yeah, disputes no it. No what do you make of these? What do you make of these throwbacks and the grays that the Buckeyes are going to wear on Saturday night in prime time against Michigan State? Well, let's talk about it because I don't really don't know. So they're a throwback to what? I thought it was an inverse I, on the I color. Don't know. Like we all, all we all crave the gray on the sleeves. So it's like we're just going to create gray uniforms. Is that it? Like what's the throwback to? Did they actually wear gray at some point? Maybe I just consider every alternate jersey to be a throwback, and I don't. And, okay. and I don't know anything about fashion. I don't know. I, I think they. I'm. I'm not as mad about these. I've kind of disliked some of the the blacks uh, yeah. in the last couple of years. Like uh, the yeah. all black uniforms, I don't know that they're bringing out the true color rush for the Buckeyes. So Ooh, I don't know. These okay. grays might the grays might do it for me. I don't know. So so I mean, when you think of color rush, you would think of scarlet, right? Because scarlet and gray. I don't know the percentages based on that. So. Um, but you do have the silver helmets, and it's funny that that's silver. It's not gray, right? It's it's silver. Um, I did not li necessarily like the the wolf themed uh, one, but that was a great comeback win uh, versus Penn State at night. So I so I do like those, um, but I don't. The the black. <laughs> listen, it's not about what you like; it's about what the players like. Okay, so right. that's that. It's not about what the fans like. Now I will say this: my favorite uni of Ohio State's is hands down our road uni. It's the best. The white jersey with the gray in the sleeves, the gray pants, the silver bullet helmet. They're, I, man, freaking, especially toward the end of the year when you got the Buckeye leaves all over that thing from the dudes that have been playing their absolute ass off. That is awesome. I will say this, looking at, I think they had Marvin Harrison Jr. in the uni yeah. uh, with the red shoes. Um, I kind of dug it. I thought it was nice. You know, it's, you know, it is what it is and you have to kind of do it and it keeps things fresh. And, you know, so I like the way they look. Um, I think yeah, Marvin so might look good in, in any jersey, yeah, right? He, he, mean, can look, he can look good in whatever, man. I, You know, when we did the, the, the true throwbacks of like when we played Michigan and we had the white helmets and then there was the one year where we had like the all red helmet. Those were kind of cool because they were a throwback. I don't necessarily like, particularly in that game, any of the special unis. I like it where it's just like, you know, Buckeyes, Wolverines, Ohio State, Michigan, like the true colors of what they are. Mm -hmm. But in this type of game, you know, at night versus Michigan State, I don't mind it. And I think they look, I think they look nice. I mean, I, this is how I am, but I, but I'm super simple guys. Like I, I like, I like a white truck or a silver truck because they don't so show scratches and they really don't get super dirty. But the black ones, the black and, and the darker colors, they they look dirty and my trucks are dirty. So <laughs> I would, you know, I'd rather they have scratches. So I'd rather go to the white and the gray, the silver, uh, you know, because of that. So I'm, but I'm very basic. Like you're not going to see me driving around. Now the cement color is a little bit different. Uh, that's my Tacoma back in Florida. I kind of dig that one, but. You know, I'm very simple. So when it comes to unis, I like simplicity. Schlegs, when you were a player, were you much into the uh, look good, feel good, play good mentality, or did you care at all what you were putting on? Guys, guys, man, listen. I mean, I got, I got jeans on. I got some Rocky boots. I got, 
I've been with my hanging out with my dudes from Westside and Tom Barry and Mac and like I I wear this all the time. Like, no, I don't care. I did not like getting dressed up. Like, like why can't I just wear cowboy boots and and some Wranglers back then? You know, um, like I I don't like to me it's not to me it's about the preparation because then you got to pack that stuff and I'm packing it or I have to buy stuff for like one game. And when I was in college, I had one suit and it was just kind of like I don't know. It was kind of like this creamy gold looking suit that my mom thought looked good on me and so i'm like sure and i just i wore it every week with the same shirt i had a cowboy up belt buckle that my wife got me a long time before that and it's just like i mean i wore the same thing the same cowboy i wore it every single week but why like you know that's what a team does i actually kind of prefer the travel sweats or whatever Mm -hmm. but you know to me like look good feel good play good i i look good and i feel good because I took care of my body during the week uh, and I prepared for the game and I'm mentally locked in to what we got to do. And so that gives me the confidence, right? I mean, like, oh yeah, well, I look good, feel good, play good. Well, it's really about what you did during the week that allows you to look good, feel good, play good. You know what I'm saying? Like me rocking up in some kind of extravagant uh, ensemble that I put together that I'm going to wear one time uh, is terrible. Now I will say this as well. Now we're getting off the rails. I just uh, side nugget into, into my world and my thought process. I have no article of clothing that I can't deadlift in. So even my suit jackets, my, my slacks, uh, they all have a little bit of the stretch in them because you never know when one, you gas station ready. Will I wear it to a waffle house? Yes. Cause they, they allow everything in there. And what <laughs> happens if somebody threw down a bar in the, you know, in, in the middle of the hotel and you had, you know, or a conference, right. And they're like, get bumpy. I'm like, okay. I got you. And then yeah. you just rep out 500 for a bunch, you know, like what, why not? That kind of goes into my thought process. Even my shoes, like even the nice, you know, dress shoes that you have, are they comfortable? And can I squat in them? You know, that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of how my thought process goes. Well, if you stay that's ready, you don't, wardrobe. stay ready. You don't have to get ready. I, that's, uh, that's, that's yeah. a Tim Walt. Tim Walt says it all the time. There you go. So, uh, the Buckeyes, and you mentioned those road sweats legs, they get to put those away after back to back road trips and I, I felt like on Saturday you could see some of the wear and tear showing up for the Buckeyes you had mentioned that on the podcast daily last week like the injuries and this time of year making sure yeah. that your body's right how much do you think Ohio State could or would be willing to scale back on the reps on Saturday night against Michigan State or maybe even next week against Minnesota to get ready for the last week of the regular season so based off your question you know here's the thing what's the risk reward and where am I now? I will say this about, uh, and I want to tip of the hat to the coaching staff. I'm going to say it like holistically, everybody, uh, you know, you've now created depth at, at, especially the second we've seen in the secondary position where you've, and again, let's not, let's not kid ourselves in this last game. When we played Rutgers again, you know, you got the over and you got the spread. So, all right, great, great job, everybody that's out there. That's kind of views that that's how you, what, what you have to do. But, you know, in this game, Cade was out, Ransom was out, Burke was out, Proctor ended up going out. You had guys that have stepped in in the past. They stepped in and, and they're playing really fast. And, you know, in this game, we saw Tommy leave, which I thought this was probably one of Tommy's most physical games. And besides the the back-to-back on the road, it's really been three physical running teams back-to-back-to-back when Penn State, Wisconsin, and Rutgers, because that's what they do. And in those type of games, again, football is a collision sport. uh, You're going to have things that break. And 
you know, this is not something that necessarily is on sports performance or trainers or anything like that, that people kind of misconstrued as it is. Like when bones and things break like that, there is nothing that you can do. If this was, hey, soft tissue or something like that, and it's and it's and it's in the masses, right? We have a lot of guys going out for something like that, then then those are some things that you can evaluate. And you can evaluate it from the strength conditioning, from the recovery, from the the total volume of practice. There's a lot of different variables that you can look at. But in terms of this, we've seen that we've been able to win games and win them. I mean, we won this game by being outgained by Rutgers. Now, part of that was time of possession. Part of that was they had 81 plays versus our 61 plays, uh, which those three and outs allow that to happen. Though we were 50% on third down and they were 31% on third down. these things have you know happen. So what you have to do is do I trust my players to respond when called upon? And that was something that Urban was big about. I'm super I'm super big about it. Um listen, I I, I tell <laughs> I tell my parents, um, and again, you guys gotta remember I'm the associate assistant quality control O-line D line linebacker coach for junior <laughs> high football in in St. John's County, okay, for Freedom Crossing Academy. Now, that being said, parents always want their kids to play. Let me tell you something. Development has not happened in the game. Development has happened at practice. So, parents, if your kid comes without a mouthpiece, he can't practice. If he comes without pads, he can't practice. That's when development happens. Getting in the game is just its an opportunity for you to go to show your development, though it's not predicated upon you developing. So, when you look at that, I'm like, I'm going to develop every single kid on this field. And when you're in college, it is your responsibility to develop every single kid. And that's where I, I, I don't give really two craps about the portal. To me, it's a tap on the back. Like if I have a kid, he necessarily can't play here. And I told his parents that I'm going to treat him just like I would treat my own kid. I'm going to develop the crap out of him, and he transfers somewhere else and plays great. Hey, great job, man. You took coaching here. You made a, you made a decision for your future and you did it. And now you're doing well. That's awesome. Like that's what you should do. So coaches, I believe, at Ohio State hasn't necessarily been focusing on the guys that start. They've been focusing on the depth. And you're seeing that when they get in and they get an opportunity. Um, Matthews Jr. played really well. Who's the guy that came in for Hancock at the end over there? Uh, Yeah, Hart. Yeah. Malik Hartford for Proctor. Yeah, Yeah, Hartford came in. uh, Styles, dude. I mean, Styles was playing very, very physical. And again, part of that, too, is. I told you guys, man, earlier in the year, we were talking about run fits and, and, and being and declaring and playing really fast. You are seeing that now. Like, guys know where they got to go. Like, you saw it with Tommy in a particular play. He came in, shocked and shed a dude, but he threw his dude into his responsibility, came off and made the play, and Styles was right there next to him. I mean, it was like, bam. Well, that only happens if you know exactly what you got to do. And and that's part of the development. It's part of coaching. It's part of just time. Throughout the season. And so, you know, so let's go back. So to your question, in these games, uh, will you see some more? Yeah, you'll see some executive decisions. You have a guy in Trevion Henderson who we know structurally, foot, ankle. um, And these are things that you look on, you look as well into in the offseason, like what can we do for him uh, physiologically? But right now, the dude is a difference maker. And we had all the talk at the beginning of the year where who's RB1 and all this stuff, like that dude is RB1. Mm-hmm. You average 155 yards a game when he's in there. You average 70, 97 when he's not. He's had two games where he's had over 200 yards of production. He has three games that he's rushed for over 100 yards. The thing that I love is as we've grown in this, and I know I'm now off the question, but it goes into it. The, the, the benefit has been 
how we're utilizing them. It's not just he's he's in the gun and he's next to him. We've moved him to where he's behind the quarterback because why? It allows him to have better vision so that he can make the cutback when he wants to. So that helps the offensive line, right? But also if it's not there, he just goes and gets three or four and makes somebody miss. We had the two back set. We're also in that game. They weren't bracketing Marvin. They were just playing zone. They're like, the, the, you're not going to beat us deep. So we're going to keep everything in front of us. And the checkdowns were there for him. And that's part of the game. So, and even Kyle's beginning of the game, he was 11 for 11. They, there weren't a lot of deep shots because they weren't a lot of deep shots there. The one that we have that was deeper on the over, he just didn't get enough air on the ball, which is, that's on him. You know, mm-hmm. you got to get some air on that. But still, the reason I say that is it goes back to you got to get what you got to get in the game, meaning I got to get the continuity on the offensive line. I got to make sure my guys are getting significant reps. And then once that point comes where they don't need it anymore, then I start to pull them because of what's down the road in Minnesota and Michigan, right? Like that's, that's how you're thinking about it right now, but you got to go win the game. You got to go do what you got to do to put yourself in that position to where you can start making executive decisions that he's out of the game or in this, Hey, you know, he's going to play the first, first quarter, and we want to see how it feels, and then he's going to be out. Or do we even want to put him in that situation? Like, Kay didn't necessarily need to be in the situation last week. That's what they thought. So, you know, uh, G. Scott had a great over-the-shoulder, but he also had a drop. There's some things in blocking. But those are things that you can correct. And if you're like, man, we can correct those versus uh, Michigan State, and we're going to hold Kate out for another one, why not? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the year, it's a battle of attrition. So the biggest game's coming up for it, but you can't, you can't, overlook the task at hand, which is beating Michigan State, but you also have to make executive decisions for what's going to matter the most, and that is the Michigan game. And then it will be the Big Ten Championship game. Then it will be, right, because in that one, you're probably going to be facing an Iowa team. So, you know, that might be guys where, like, you know what, defensively, man, we could probably pull a couple of these guys out because they're, you know, they're not, they're not <laughs> like that great offensively, but, but defense they are. So we might need some things in that game to set us up for the college football playoff. And then we get, you know, probably two to three weeks rest to get everybody back. So that might be that like, again, it's just management of, of all your moving pieces. So I know it's a long answer, but all of that goes into it simultaneously. All that goes into training. Like what do these guys need? Where are they? They're looking at the loads of the games prior to they're looking at their injuries. What is it that they actually need? How much of it do they actually need in practice? Because you want the freshest team out there. Because again, it's always about max capacity on game day. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. But you still got to get certain things during the week. Like I, I personally had to have a physical uh, Tuesday practice in college. Like I needed that. I needed full speed to see where the fits are. And then as you start to taper off, I've got it once. You know, once it's like in practice, fool me once, shame on me. Like I got it. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I I figured it out. I felt it. I see where it's going to be. I'm watching it on film, and even though I might have got a look, I'm like, nope. Like, I really feel it's going to be there. And then that's where the first two drives of the game allow me to get locked back into what I've watched on tape. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because because the, the look team might not have given me the best look, and though I fit it and I hit it, and they're like, oh yeah, it's done. The game might have been tweaked just a little bit. So you still always got to. Yeah, you got to trust your preparation, but you also got to trust your eyes uh, in that game. And it, so, I think the coaches having the great relationships with their with their players. Um, this is the part of the year where you have to make it an executive decision for what's best for the player and also what's best for the team. 
And though like an AJ Hawk would never want to come out, sometimes you got to take their freaking helmet. And I would mm -hmm. say it's very similar to a Tommy Eichenberg. You know, right. it's like, hey, what do we got to do? T Tommy, give me, give me your freaking helmet. Like, you don't need this. Like, go. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's where Mick and Sean and the coaching staff and along with Ryan, I think they have a really good grasp because they got, they have, they have really good communication and everything involving sports and performance is always about communication. So, you know, that's kind of my stand on it. And yeah. you know what? I can't wait to watch some, some guys get opportunities, man. Cody Simon's done a really nice job at linebackers stepping in. Um, the defensive line has done a good job of being able to rotate guys. The secondary has been outstanding as far as young guys being able to step up. Tate had some good catches uh, in that game. He's playing well. So, you know. So beyond the injury part, the inch legs, you're just you're on the field. You have two two games left. And yeah, I'm not trying to fast forward, although many of us in our minds are like, let's get to the last week of the regular season. But you know. The coaching staff has two opportunities to get ready for the biggest one on the schedule. Yeah. Uh, how much of that will you think be in their minds? And what are things that you think Ohio State might need to get out of these two opportunities before going up to Ann Arbor? Yeah. Okay. So let's start with the, the second question first. What do they have to do? Well, we, we knew coming into Rutgers game that Ryan emphasis was on ball security. Uh, mm -hmm. turning the ball over. And I want to say that I want to say that for this, we got outgained, I think 360 to 328. All right. In that game. And you still won by 19. Mm -hmm. we're, we're seeing, we're seeing an Ohio state team that is winning in ways that we weren't able to do that. The reason being is our defense. Our defense plays every freaking down. I mean, I, I, when it comes, when it comes to like being a former Buckeye and linebacker, like I am mm -hmm. super proud of our defense. I think that Knowles has done a really nice job adapting to big 10 play and, and, and Ryan and offensively and our guys, they had the fumble Ruski, mm -hmm. right? They lived to play another down. I mean, guys, they, they gave up, they were in the red zone three times in the first half. They gave up three field goals. Like, like now prior to last year, I told you, like, I think they were a hundred something in the, in college football in, in red zone defense. Like they mm -hmm. gotta be, like, I haven't looked it up. They gotta be in the top because they, they bend sometimes, but they don't break because they play every single snap. And, and you saw that even in the turning point of that game, Rutgers gets the ball, they're moving it, they're in territory, they do a pop pass, and it was kind of, it was there. Boom, Proctor makes the hit, right? Um, uh, Jordan Hancock. Uh, yeah, Hancock got the, the pick INT, like, turning point of the game, you know? Mm -hmm. So, our team's going to score and put drives together. 100% they are, but they're not doing it a lot. And, <laughs> and they're playing every single down. So when you have a defense that can do that, you don't always want to put them in bad positions, which we did. We had the fake punt, which that's communication. That can't happen. That was terrible. Uh, a turnover, short field, that's terrible. But they're always going to go out there and play that. So that's why ball security is such an emphasis because – you have a great defense. Just the skim, just everybody talks about analytics. The analytics of me going three and out, but able being able to, to punt the ball and put them inside the 20 and their opportunity to go score from that mm -hmm. is, is like 25% or even less. But you then equate that to against our defense, it's probably less than that. So that's why, right? The emphasis is on ball security. So that's one thing they got to get out of it. Two, I I think continuing 
the run blocking and identity as to what we do, zone, gap, whatever, and that continuity on the offensive line is is paramount. And so being able to every single week, week in and week out, continue to get better for that game is 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 critical. So that's what has to – I would like to see – we have not seen a complete Ohio State game yet. I'm talking all phases. Mm-hmm. Defensively, I think every game they put it there. Like they've laid it out there. They've done their part in every single football game. Uh, offensively and special teams, we have not. So I think over the next two weeks, what I would be looking for would be two complete um, efficient football games from all sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. That's what I would like to see. I think that that's, and that allows you to carry that, that right there carries over into the Michigan game because we know what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to rushing the football, stopping the run and turnovers. Now that stopping the run and rushing the football Rutgers had, they have 200 something yards. They also had 20 plays uh, more and that's what they did, but that's what they do. But you still won the game even by losing the turnover battle. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And even after losing the rushing battle, but, but why? Well, your defense held them to field goals and not touchdowns. So that, that is critical, especially when you're offense with this type of weapons that, that you can score, you can also score very quickly. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like those things carry over uh, for the Michigan, especially when it's on the road at Michigan with all the turmoil and, and stuff that has been going on. You also mentioned something in that question. How much is the coaching staff looking ahead? Well, the answer is you sure you better not be looking ahead because <laughs> winning a game in college football is difficult regardless of who you're playing. And sure. you look at this Michigan State team. I mean, guys, they're three and six, but they just lost. They just snapped. What is it like a six game losing streak by beating Nebraska, which I didn't think they were going to beat Nebraska, but they did. Yeah. You know, so like to me, you know, points for their offense is terrible points against. They gave up almost 28 point, like beat the crap out these dudes. <laughs> That's what you should do. You know what right. I mean? And that beat the crap out of these dudes on primetime television. They're three and six. Make sure that they know that they're three and seven. Yeah. So who's going to, who are going to be the difference makers in that Schlegs? Kyle McCord, you know, yeah. Kyle McCord is a difference maker. I mean, Make good decisions. Don't turn the ball over, um, and get and get the ball to your playmakers. I mean, I, I, it's the same, listen for us. It's the same people every single week. I think the offensive line. I listen. It's not Travion. He will be a difference maker because when you put the ball in his hands, he may he's he's special. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and, I, and I, here's the other thing: coaching staff throughout the week. Like there has been so much drama, uh, and so much like <laughs> there is there are no facts. Uh, in, in, in this entire thing that's going down. All right. Well, there so, are, there are facts. What, what? No, 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 no. But, but like there's, there's things about Ryan and the PI and there's things about like, uh, now there's about other teams cooperating with signs for, yeah. for Michigan and all this stuff. And, and then you have Michigan in two weeks, right? Yeah. And you got a two game homestand again. Kobe said this, and I, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, okay? But elite people do elite things. You can't be elite in one week and then turn off, turn it off, and then try to be elite in another week. It, it, it's every single day, right? For and as a student athlete, it's you know, and how I look at it, man. Be elite in your faith. Be elite in your family. So you better be an elite son. Better call your mama. 
check on things, right? You better be elite in school. And again, I don't care if you go to online school or whatever, but you get out what you put out. So go be freaking elite in it. Like you can't be a, a soft student and then I, I say that, right? And then be an elite football player where we've seen that happen. But <laughs> but to me, but to me, it's a life skill that you're trying to instill in these guys, right? So be elite in school, be elite in football, be elite in your recovery, be an elite teammate, like, and all those things create habits. And then now next thing you know, you're just elite in all those things. That's mm -hmm. how I always take it, right? So control what you can control, and that, that, that's being elite in those areas. So sometimes you got to wrangle them in and lock these 18 and 22-year-olds in to, like, accomplishing the mission as, like, this is the mission. This is everything about. And you make this game as big as you made the Penn State game and the Wisconsin game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what they got to be. You know, yeah. like, that's on you as the leaders of the program, along with the captains, making sure that they are locked in and focused. I would say like that's kind of a difference maker when you're looking at a night game versus a three and six Michigan State team, because the last thing you want to do is go out there and lay an egg and you beat right. it by three. Like, that would be freaking terrible. Yeah. You know, it's not the end of the world. Right. Because you're still there. You still control your own destiny. But that's not going to build you up to go play Minnesota. And that's not going to build you up to go play Michigan. It's going to build you up to go play Michigan is complimentary football uh, and putting a complete game together. And that's yeah. what I want to see. Well, the Buckeyes have been stacking up those uh, elite weeks one after the other. They've got nine wins already in the bank. They're looking for number 10 yeah, on Saturday night in prime time in those gray unis. They're not they're not throwbacks. They're alternates. Schlage's got me corrected because he's the one who Good. knows all like, what? the fashion, the fashion <laughs> insight. He is the icon. I am just Austin Ward. We appreciate Schlage's jumping on with us again for the podcast daily on a Thursday. Uh, we'll talk to you all later.